podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. All right, it's Wednesday afternoon and I'm here with Jim Johnson. Hey everybody. And Louis Rigoni. Hello, hello. And this coming weekend we've got the Los Angeles, I want to say San Diego, but the Los Angeles Chargers coming to our stadium. The odds makers figure we're going to lose by 16 and a half points, so it might be more of the same. Louis. Yes? Are you looking forward to the game? Well, first of all, I'm not going to call them the Los Angeles Chargers. It's just a it's hard, isn't it? What it's yeah, hard. It's, yeah. it's they'll always be San Diego Chargers. San Diego, Oakland Raiders. It's going to be the Vegas. I mean, come on. The NFL just doesn't get it, do they? They really don't. It's all about the big. It's bucks. all about the money. So anyway, back to the question, Mike, because I've already forgotten. Are you looking you forward ex- to the game? Uh, of course, I look forward to football. My God, we were waiting the whole summer for this. Uh, you know, you, you've got to be looking forward to it. I mean, we've got a young quarterback playing and you've got a team that overall played a lot better last week against Dallas. I mean, I know the outcome wasn't what we wanted it to and we wound up still losing by what was it, 25 points, but there was improvement. So we've got a San Diego team coming here a team that we've played well against in the past, especially Phillip Rivers. So, you know, there's a lot to be looking forward to, absolutely. How about you, Jim? Well, I always look forward to the games on Sunday or Monday or Thursday or whenever they're played. You know, every Dolphins game is a is a new day, and we get to see which young player is going to step up or which one's going to take a step back. No hey, more steps back. Yeah, well, uh, with that offensive <laughs> line and the condition it is, it's in, it's uh, it's a little. Uh, it's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a little bit frustrating trying to generate a a, a great uh, offensive attack. Yeah, but, I don't. I don't envy the offensive line coach. Yeah, he's he's got a, a tough job on his plate, that's for sure. But no, I mean it's it's Sunday, and uh, I'm looking forward to the game. And like Lou mentioned, uh, we usually play the Chargers pretty tough, and the Chargers don't seem to travel too well down to South Florida. So, you know, this will be the best matchup we've had so far this season, and we keep uh, getting the games closer and closer all all the first three games. We've uh, narrowed the margin a bit. So this should be the, the closest thing we've had to a complete game, you know, so far. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to think they'll be a little more competitive, but uh, to be honest, Chargers offense – can put up some points. Uh, Rivers is ranked third in passing yardage, and uh, Keenan Allen has what three TDs and 400 yards, so they're they're definitely capable of putting up points. Yeah, he's Keenan. Mike is, in my opinion, top five receiver. Uh, forget about the numbers. Uh, when you guys watch him on Sunday, you'll see what I'm talking about. I mean, he just oh, we've, we've seen him before. You've seen <laughs> yeah. him before. Everybody's seen him, and when he's healthy. He is a nightmare to deal with. And we talked about this on Monday's show, Mike, but uh, 
Xavier Howard or whoever winds up having to cover him in the game, they're going to have their hands full. And Mike Williams is just as good. You know, he's a big, tall, length, lengthy receiver, and he can get downfield. They like to throw balls up down the field to him. Benjamin's good. They don't have Hunter Henry right now. He's hurt. But uh, Eckler... And Jackson, the two running backs, are outstanding players. I know Melvin Gordon's not there, but this Eckler is an outstanding player. And, of course, then you have Phillip Rivers. So they are, without question of a doubt, going to have their hands full. Um, You know, the offensive line for San Diego is not as good as Dallas's, but they're very good offensive line as well. So it's going to be a tough task for the uh, defense this week. Yeah, the Chargers are are pretty good with Rivers, obviously. They're averaging a little over 400 yards a game total, almost 300 passing yards a game, and a little over 100 rushing yards a game. But they're only putting 20 points a game on the board, and they're only one and two. The trouble is... You know, they've kind of turned the ball over a few times. They've got two interceptions and three fumbles, so that's where they've been vulnerable. They're putting up a a lot of yards, but they're not necessarily getting the ball into the end zone. So, you know, we do have a bit of a shot, but, you know, if Xavier Howard has another game like he had last week, you know, the top could get blown off this game early. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, Rivers is uh, a pocket guy, so they know where he's going to be. They have to find a way to put some pressure and get him off his game because, like you said, Jim, just now, he will turn the ball over. Rivers is, you know, he's a gunslinger. And, uh, you know, he'll turn the ball over. He'll throw picks. And, you know, it's a matter of getting pressure on him. You know, Prescott can run around a little bit. I mean, he's very, very good at doing that. Rivers is a pocket guy. You know where he's going to be. And they're going to have to get interior pressure to just get him off his game. Well, you know, they, you know they have our old friend Pouncey, right? Yep. Yes, yep. they do. And let's hope that our boy Wilkins can knock him around a little bit and get some pressure up that's the middle. A, that's a matchup I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, that, that should be interesting. Yeah. And it, it's funny you mentioned that we're talking about interior pressure and all that. You know, the Chargers, you know, they've got Ingram, Ingram and Boza. They've only got four sacks for the whole team so they're not getting to the passer like they would like to. Well, they could have four in the first quarter against us. Ag- agreed. Our <laughs> offensive line, they got to be looking forward to getting more of those sack numbers on the board. But the Chargers have given up 10 sacks as well, and I'm sure that's because, you know, Rivers is sitting back there looking for the open receiver, and he's taking some sacks. But Yeah, their, their tackles have not been fantastic. Yeah, and it's... But still, looking at the three other teams we've played, this is probably the best scenario we've had for for the you know the start of the season. The easiest matchup for the four we've had to start. So, agreed. Uh, try to be a little bit more optimistic than the first three. I think. Absolutely. Are you yeah. predicting a win, Jim? I said optimistic. I'm not really going to go to towards the win column just yet. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't think we're at a point, Mike, where we can make predictions for <laughs> well, you know, for yeah. wins on this team. No, I was teasing, but you, you know, oh, when I know you, you, when you, you, you throw the word optimism out there, it's hard to be optimistic. Well, look uh, at the first. Well, look at they the just first have, half. They just have firepower that we don't match. That's very true. They, they have playmakers, playmakers. Yep. exactly, which is what I talk about all the time. We've got to get some of those type of guys on our side, and that's that'll be you know there'll be difference makers in the game. I mean, you, you Philip Rivers, Keenan Allen, you mentioned Bozer and Ingram. They're both outstanding defensive, you know, outside guys. And, uh, you know, they have those type of players across the board. So, 
you know, eventually we'll work our way to that. And those are the type of players we need. So, yeah, Mike, you're absolutely right on what you said. We are a little mismatched in regard to uh, – in regard to the talent on both sides of the football. But, you know, we have to be optimistic going into this week because, as Jim said, we probably match up better against this team than the first three teams we have played up to this point. Now, let's hope that that translates on Sunday into what we're thinking, you know, because you just never know. Yeah, I mean, I'm concerned about how they're going to stop Poza, you know, because the right tackle play for us right now is not good at all. And uh, you're going to take Kazeki out of the game if, if he's going to need help because Kazeki's not going to get it done blocking. So it presents them with some challenges. Uh, so we'll see. Right. Isadora's out as well this week, right? Yep. He's been yep. starting for us at right guard, and we yep. still don't so you'll, know. You'll have Calhoun in there probably, I would, I would imagine, or, or the uh, Brom. You know, uh, boom. Yeah, yeah. Whatever is however you pronounce his name, uh, yeah. he hasn't been around long enough. I was going to say, it. yeah, they haven't been here long enough for get <laughs> us to get their names right yet. And uh, Davis, we're still not sure about him. It's a little early in. The I week. think he's going to play. He he was practicing with his arm in a protective sleeve. So oh, okay, I'm, so I'm he's guessing, back on yeah. the practice field already. Yeah. That's a positive. Yeah. So so there you have it. So I mean, you know, it's it's going to be a battle for them and. Um, you know, we'll see. Hopefully the offense can at least possess the ball to where our defense isn't on the field all day, you know? Hey, I got a question for you two guys. Okay. See if, see if I can catch you off guard a little bit. Okay. La- last year, would you have thought that Jesse Davis was our most important lineman? <laughs> Come on. You know you know the answer to that question without us even having to answer uh, Yeah, it. <laughs> no. I mean, obviously we thought we'd have Tunsil, so that's not really a fair question. Right, that's yeah. true. But taking Tunsil out of the picture, uh, you know, I don't know if I would have thought of him as. I'm not a big Kilgore fan, so yeah, I probably would have. Uh, right. Once you took Tunsil out of the mix, exactly. Right. I, I mean, you know what? Listen, the positive among all this is the fact that Dieter is obviously impressing the coaching staff because when you know when our tackle went down Absolutely. Davis went down Dieter was the guy they turned to so that you know and here's a rookie I mean he's in his third game of the season and that's who they moved to left tackle so we obviously hit on him I mean now there's a lot of football that remains to be played but up to this point obviously he's impressing people to that degree so we do have in Davis and Dieter two out of the five pieces, maybe, going in the so. next year. So, I mean, you know, as the season progresses, th- that's a major positive because it's a situation where we're thinking, man, we've got to get at least four guys in here next year. And and Dieter, obviously, was a question mark coming in as a rookie. You don't know how he's going to play. Exactly. So, so, I mean, if you've now established two guys going forward that are going to be part of your offensive line going forward, hey, that's great. We're making progress, and that's what we need. You know, we hey, need- At worst, Davis will be a swing guy, but either way, he's going to figure in the mix somewhere. I would think so, absolutely. Yeah. Whether yeah. it be at guard, maybe they move him you know, to the right side, Mike, you know, right. uh, come right next tackle. season, or right tackle. Yep. You know, but I think he's got a place on our offensive line going forward somewhere. So that that's a good thing. Yep. Yep. So what are we going to do about receiver? Well, are we talking about, you know, maybe Wilson coming back or or uh, 
you know, Grant dropping passes or Preston Williams not getting it done or, you know. I don't, I don't think anybody's ready to say Preston Williams isn't getting it done. He's probably playing the best of the group that is currently playing. No question. Uh, so, well, you mentioned Grant, and yeah, he hasn't been getting it done. So I could certainly see if Wilson's ready, he's going to take Grant's spot. Yeah, which is what, you know, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, which ex- is, which that's is, expected. Which, right, which is what should happen. I mean, if four receiver formations, Grant is usually in there, and then they have certain packages for him. But, um, you know, for the most part, you know, when Wilson's healthy, he, you know, you know he's going to be starting over Grant. Yeah, I believe so. But, you know, we've talked right along about Grant, and, uh, you know, Mike and I are big fans of, of Mighty Mouse on the field. He's got, you know, he always seems to be making plays. But we always figured that he shouldn't be... The, the in, every stu- down in every down player. You shouldn't be depending on that guy. He should be your special package guy, certain plays, do this, do that, and surprise the defense type of thing. You know, this year he's he doesn't seem to be the same guy he was in the past for some reason. I, I just I just I can't put my finger on it, but he's something's not quite right with him compared to last season for some reason. I agree with you, Jim, and I think watching him he seems a couple of ticks slower than what he normally is. We also activated Isaiah Ford just yesterday or today as well. So, you know, right. he's, a, he's a guy that could get some playing time. He looked good in preseason. The whole thing pivots on Wilson. If he's going to come back in, that's going to alter the whole lineup. Parker is what Parker is. Yes. You know, he's been inconsistent his whole career, and uh, that drop ball at uh, we saw in that game last Sunday was discouraging at best. It was it was as bad as the ca- as the catch he made early in the game was good. Exactly, it was it was egregious, and it was a, a an relatively easy touchdown. All he had to do was grab it and go, and it went through his hands. So you yep. know that's that's problematic. But you gotta like the you know the direction that Preston Williams is going. He's been our starting starting guy out there, and other than a couple of plays, uh, I think he's done very well. Well, you know they've all got a bit of the drops, and uh, exactly you know, that's that's a problem now. You know maybe it's you know the quarterback switching, but I don't think so. I just think they're losing focus. You know they they've got to focus on the football. In Preston Williams, a free agent draftee, is starting from day one. At, our, at one of our outside positions. And we had Alan Hearns here, who's a veteran. And, you know, you have other guys. Isaiah Ford's been, here in, in, been in here year right. in and year out. And just the fact that we're talking about a guy that was a rookie free agent drafty, and he's starting and probably our best receiver at this point, says a lot about, you know, how they drafted this year. Here's another guy going forward. That is going to be a big part of our offense, and it, it's great to see. And this is what we want. You know, we want guys that are going to come in here, and they're going to be part of the team going forward. And just the fact that you know we where we got him is is fantastic. I mean, it's great. You got a guy that's going to be productive for you. Yep. You know, as a free agent rookie. You know, here there he is starting. So it's another no, that's, positive. That, that's definitely a positive. And uh, you know, you you look for those positives because there aren't a lot of them. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, you you look on the. Uh, I mean, think about it. You know, I mean, Howard, we expected to be solid, and he got toasted uh, Sunday. And, right. and Baker, we expected to be solid, and he's had his struggles. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so some guys are struggling that we really thought would be, uh, you know, the best players on our roster. Agreed. So, you know, when you you find a Williams or or somebody maybe, you know, they didn't invest a lot in Rise Up, it it helps because, uh, you know, they've got to put a competitive team together and and you need guys picking up for each other. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, you look at our offensive line and, and... you know, like we said, it's it's a mess. I mean, you know, uh, you've got Dieter, you've got Davis, and that's great, but neither one of those guys are superstars, at least at this point in their career. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Kilgore, who I think is, you know, declining. Uh, what's he, 33 years old, I think? But uh, he's been adequate up to this point. Yeah, that's your opinion. Well, we um, haven't seen snaps over the, you know, over the quarter. No, that's true. No, snapping like the that. ball, snapping the ball, he's fine. I'm, I mean, I'm how many times about, have we seen oh, that in years past? You know, oh, with, yeah, yeah. Well, between hey, Lou, the center and yes. Lou, why do you got to bring that crap up? Yeah, it really, it wasn't good. <laughs> Jeez, uh, it's it's <laughs> Sunday, he's been third, adequate. Sunday the third play, snaps kind of go over Rosen's head. Oh, right? I know. I know right? He had to say something, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, anyway, don't worry. We'll be at the ten yard line, so it'll and we'll, we'll see what they do on the right side. I'm expecting Calhoun, who's another free agent, to probably play right guard. Right, right. you know, and, and we'll see what they do at tackle. Mm-hmm. We got McMillan that's not getting much playing time either. That's one of our better linebackers rating. Maybe he's better because he's not getting a lot of playing time. Well, I I'm just saying. What, ra- what I mean ratings, is that, ratings wise, I get it. I get. Yeah, it. Yeah, no, I I think they've kind of fine tuned his role. And, right, they've uh, they've put him. him. Yeah, right. they've put him in situations where they feel he's going to excel. And honestly, I mean, that's probably about it. It's probably a negative as much as it is as it is a positive because that means that this guy is not going to be an every down or not Correct. even close to being an every down player. And he's somewhat of a you know, a, I, I shouldn't really say failure, but. He's a disappointment at this point, if in fact that is the case, because he's just being used in in certain packages, because that's all he's going to possibly excel at. So, yeah, I mean, obviously they're using him on on what they feel to be running downs, right? And, uh, you know, he, but but give him credit, he's he's doing a really good job of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, that matters. Yeah. You know, if, if I mean, there's a spot for him if he if he's going to perform at that level, there's a spot for him, right? Going forward, I mean. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Hopefully mm-hmm. he continues. Mm-hmm. All right. I did want to talk a little bit about Rosen because, I mean, everybody's getting really, really excited, you know, because he completed a couple of long passes and looked proficient. Uh, you know, he shows some uh, pocket awareness that we've not seen around here in a while, and, and it's encouraging. But his accuracy was probably not where you'd want it. Uh, uh, of the 38 uh plays that were charted uh, he was accurate on 30 of them now a professional quarterback should be accurate on a higher percentage of, of throws and he was missing some show throws in the uh, short area of the field uh, which is not really what you want to see you want those short passes to be there you know he's got some improving to do uh, but before I get too excited about you know Rosen being the quarterback not that there isn't reason to be optimistic, but we still have to see him travel that road if they're going to consider keeping him as a franchise quarterback. Uh, uh, these guys, you know, these quarterbacks today, they're completing 75% of their passes. It's not like it used to be, you know. And uh, you've got to have a guy who, when he throws it, it's going to be where it needs to be. And then, you know, it's a matter of whether or not the defender gets in the way or whatever, but the ball needs to be on target. Yes, 
in regard to people that are getting overly excited about Rosen, um, I want them to go and take a look at what Donald Jones did in his first game as a New York Giant quarterback without Barkley for most of the game. And it tells you that he's got they're not a, they're not a very good football team. They're Mike, they're not a good football team and they you know, Sterling Shepard's their best receiver. They have a couple of guys that have played in the NFL, I believe Fowler and there's a couple other guys that are there. That's their receiving core. They do have a good tight end in Ingram. I don't want to get into their whole offense, but the point I'm trying to make is is that you know, Donald Jones went out and he got the Giants into the end zone four times. I think he had three touchdowns and he ran one in. And this is his first NFL game. And like you just mentioned, the Giants are not a world beater. It's not like he stepped in and he has Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield and Amari Cooper to throw to and so on and so forth. When you're going to get overly excited about six points, and I don't want to take anything away from the kid because he actually did look much more poised than anything we've seen in a while. And he did a, a lot of things very well. But he has got a long way to go before we say, oh, we're set at quarterback. And exactly. people have to understand that. Just look around the NFL. And I just brought up a perfect example of a guy starting his first NFL game. And um, he went out there and he, he put a lot of points on the board. And this is what you have to do. And as the season progresses, let's hope he gets to that point. Hey, guys, I wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you. On the app that you're listening on, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit like, leave a, a comment on your thoughts of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, we do, we do run a Facebook group. Uh, it's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24-7, 365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week. You know, well, the, you know, the first thing people say, Lou, is, is they start looking for reasons why he didn't do well. And they'll say, well, look at the offensive line and we'll look at this. We'll look at that. And they're always looking. And my point is to them, yes, that's a factor. But when he has a wide open receiver and he doesn't make the throw and he had time to make the throw and nothing interfered with the throw, he has to make that throw. Right. And that's Absolutely. the part that's the part they're missing. You, you you grade every play, you look at every play. You know, sometimes the offensive line is gonna prevent him from executing. That's not his fault. Yeah. But other exactly. times he has protection or he rolls away from traffic, has an ample ability to throw, and doesn't get the job done. That is his fault. So you have to grade it according to the play. And you can't just say, we'll get a better offensive line and he'll do better. I mean, that's, you know, you can say that about every quarterback. Absolutely. I you mean, know? look at Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, Mike. How many receivers have gone through, you know, that whole system? And it seems like the next man up just, you know, he just makes those guys better. And that's yeah. what you want your quarterback to do. Make everybody around him a better football player. Absolutely. He's got to do it. Even if he doesn't, then he's not going to be a starter on this team. It's just that simple. You know, if you want 8-8, eight and eight, you make excuses for your guys. That's what you do. You make excuses for your guys. Like Tannehill, he's good enough to win. 
Right. Okay. Uh, this guy, he's good enough at guard. You know, this guy, he's good enough at defensive tackle. You know, and you just keep doing that down the roster and you end up at eight and eight. Yep. Okay. The way you get better is by getting better. And the way you get better is by finding better athletes or improving the ones you have. Now, how long do you give the athletes that you have to improve? And that's the question the coaches have to answer. With Tannehill, they gave him too long. You think? I do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to throw a couple of thoughts out there to you guys about Rosen, and I agree with what you guys are saying. He's got to make the plays that were relatively easy. He seems to make some difficult plays. Oh, yes, absolutely. And and misses on some easy ones. But here's something that, that frustrates me. Uh, we were at first and goal, and we ran it three times in a row. So you took the opportunity for him to score points out of his hands. Right. And then, you know, Kenyon Drake fumbled the football at first at uh, second and goal or something. So uh-huh. if Parker had made that catch, which wasn't Rosen's fault, it was Parker's fault, now we've got a touchdown and every, everything looks better. Yeah, but better. Th- those are not counting at the 30 or the 38, okay? He gets credit for delivering a, a catchable ball. I understand, but I'm talking. Okay. I'm talking about the scoreboard and lifting your team. You know, you talked about Jones. If one of those guys dropped one of those first touchdown passes, everybody slumps their shoulders. So those things add up. And I'm not. I'm not saying Rosen is the next Marino or by any means. I I've never been a huge Rosen fan, but. You know, well, this, they this took... isn't about whether you're a fan or not. Okay, right. we we have to kind of throw that out the window. I don't have to like the guy to give him a good grade. Right. You know, I I don't have to dislike him to give him a bad grade. Right. <laughs> okay. Oh, I you, get you, it. You, the the performance dictates the grade that you give him, and uh, you're absolutely right. If if receivers are dropping touchdown passes, there's not a whole lot he can do about that, and that should not account. That should not count against him. That's not his fault. Uh, that's why I never mentioned six points, but lose right in a sense. It's the quarterback's job to get the team in the end zone. So if if somebody dropped the ball on second down, well, he's got to deliver it on third down. You know, whatever the case is. Right. I mean, and the ball. You know, the ball to Jim's. You know, to Jim's point was taken out of his hands in that situation. But Jim, you know, you got to trust in the coaching staff. You you got to think that they looked at what defense was on the field for Dallas and felt that they would be able to run the football in those situations. And maybe, <laughs> well, just that's exactly, maybe. That's exactly well, what happened. Well, well they <laughs> no. were wrong. Well, not only that, but maybe they just didn't feel comfortable with having Rosen throwing the football at that point down by the goal line. I don't know what the answers to those questions are, but there had to be reasoning behind what they did. And well, you saw who was at left tackle. I, I can tell you right, exactly, and that may have had something to do with <laughs> of it. Of course, but I, but I can tell you this much, and I, you know, I don't. Again, I don't want to make comparisons, but if you've got Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, I can guarantee you they're not running the ball three times right. down right. by the goal line. So right. there has to be a situation where you know the the coaching staff is is comfortable with the position that they're putting Rosen in, and let's hope that as the season progresses they get away from running the ball three straight times down by the goal line and they give them that opportunity. And and to your point as well, uh, Jim, real quick, Mike, I know you, uh-huh. you want to say ahead, something, but 
you know, Preston Williams, he, he put a ball right in his hands as well on the opposite end of the field. And that could have been another touchdown as well. So I get your point, Jim. But like Mike said to his point, and we can go back and forth, point, counterpoint, point, point, oh, counterpoint, yeah. Oh, yeah. back and forth all day. But the point of the matter is, is that when it's all said and done, we got six points on the board and we have to get we we can't have excuses for this or that like mike said if you miss one you come right back and you make plays you make plays on the next drive it's that simple that's what the better quarterbacks do you know we we, we saw it forever with marino right yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and i and and i wasn't defending him i was just kind of giving a giving people uh you know a counterpoint there you know people absolutely uh, you know, taking the ball out of his hands, you know, I mean, and the offensive coordinator said, said that that was kind of prescripted. Uh, yes. So, you know, why it was prescripted that way, I, I don't have an explanation for, but... Uh, well, I do. It was, the, it was the offensive line. At least that's what I think it was. I mean, I can't say for certain, but, you know, they're going to bring pressure. Yeah, right. well, and I get he it. wasn't confident in his offensive line to be able to handle that, and they thought maybe they could expose them, you know, yeah. while they're while they're rushing heavy, you know, on the ground. But you know, whoever was supposed to trap whoever didn't get it done. Yeah, it's it's to, it's just like the better teams when they get called for penalties. You know, they they overcome those. The right. the good teams, regardless of whether the ref throws the flag or not. They get penalized. Okay, it's second and twenty. The quarterback comes right back and make plays, or the defense. Yeah, he'll, he'll, they, a twelve-yard pass. Or, right. And, if the defense gets called on a pass interference, they step. They stop them on the next three downs. It's the same situation. You know, it's relative to that. It's that the better quarterbacks overcome that sort of situation, drop balls, and so well, on and so forth. You know, and and that's where he's got to get. He's got to get to that point. I get it. I've we've been watching Dolphins football long enough to know that if we've got the other team in a third and twenty-seven, it's only a fifty-fifty shot if we're going to stop it. <laughs> yeah, we've seen enough of that yeah, already this it's year. Like, haven't we? It's like, oh my God, how can you let that happen? And it it seems to happen time and again, and and we can't complete a uh, third and six. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we've definitely yeah that whole third down completion thing has been a. Uh, a bad subject for several years now it has been and you know to my point real quick you know because we had a situation in our game to where Fitzpatrick's offensive line when he came in for those few plays for Rosen that on that third down play the offensive line completely broke down and he spun away from one spun away from a second and completed one of our bigger passes of the game and this is what quarterbacks do and to Mike's point this this is the situation Rosen had an opportunity later in the game where he had Grant down the sideline and he just severely underthrew him so that's where you know he's got to get to that point and we saw this with our quarterbacks over the last four or five years, just not being able to create and make those type of plays in these situations. And we don't want to get into a habit of making excuses for this kid as the season progresses. We got to hope that he starts making these plays. And if he doesn't, then yeah, he's not going to be here. If you're a Rosen fan, that's what you got to be rooting for. Because Absolutely. otherwise, he's not going to be here. 
Well, as a Dolphin fan, we all have to hope that, you know, because how much easier is it going to be for us going into the draft? I mean, aren't we all rooting for him? But well, you, you my, my personal opinion is they're taking a quarterback regardless of what he does. Right. I said that already. Right. Y- you, y- yeah, you've said that before. But my point is, is that, you know, going forward as Dolphin fans, you know, we want to see this kid succeed. We want to see him play well because it's going to make – our job that much easier or, you know, the coaching staff and, and the organization's job that much easier going into next year's draft. If in fact, it they, gives them options, it gives them options in, in a million different ways. So we got to be rooting for the kid, but rooting for him and not being rational in regard to grading him and judging him are two completely different things. A lot of the times fans get caught up in the fact that, oh, well, look at these great throws he made. I mean, he's 10 times better than what we've had here. Yeah, but don't get caught up in that. You got to look at the overall picture and say, hey, you know, is this guy going to be, and this is the problem I've had from the beginning with Rosen is the fact that I don't think he tops out any better than maybe Flacco or somebody like that on his on his better days when Flacco was in his prime. I don't see this kid being a dominant quarterback in the NFL. I think that he's going to be solid. Down to this, Lewis, you ask yourself a question at the end of the day. Did he play well enough to win? Yes. Okay. And the answer on Sunday was he had some spectacular moments, but overall, no, he didn't. Right. And, okay. And, yes. And, and people just have to understand that. It's nothing against the kid. We all want him to do well. I mean, you know, I like him. He's intelligent. I like the way he talks. He asks him a question. He actually answers it, which is great. Yeah. Tannehill wasn't much of a talker. Uh, you know, so, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a lot to like about him. You know, he, yes, he, he has that awareness in the pocket, and, and that, that is fun to see. I enjoy that. You know, yes. I enjoy watching him so much better than I enjoyed watching Tannehill. And he ran the offense, and he recognized. Yes, yes. You know, go ahead, Jim. What were you going to say? You know, the, the you boil this down, and great quarterbacks make coaches great and franchises great. Um Coaches don't don't turn an average quarterback into a, you know world champions very often. So they come out of college as great quarterbacks normally, and they lift a franchise, and they make a coach look so much better because they're putting more wins in the win column, and that makes everything so much easier. While we're losing, uh, you know we can argue this a hundred different ways, and it's. Uh, it's not a mountain to anything until he starts elevating his game you know the rest of the team's going to kind of go with it the way he goes so i'll tell you this though i mean i think and you have to say it in fairness to him i mean i thought he looked 10 times better than i saw him looking last year oh he's he's better than than Fitzpatrick. he, he was he he's, was much more poised he was much more in control now Yes. Did he win? No. Yes. Did he did he throw every pass great? No. No. But overall, when you look at the game as a whole, right. I thought it was a great improvement over his uh, performances last season. So hopefully he continues to build on that. Yeah, yeah, and realistically, we had a chance to have the lead in the first half of that get Dallas game and other players drop the ball literally. So uh you know, we just got to hope he keeps taking steps forward. All right, so what the hell happened to Howard? Boy, I don't know if he was a little bit uh, overwhelmed or intimidated 
or nah, what, I but so. he, I don't think so either, but I'm, I'm looking for something, you know, I, it just looked I mean, like, there was a breakdown on one play, which right. I thought the guy did a fantastic job of breaking that down. You see him look in the backfield just for a split second. Right. And when he did, yep. uh, the receiver broke and right. he lost him. He, he just lost yeah, him. He yeah. couldn't find him. And then he, he kind of gave it a half-ass attempt at getting back into the play. And, it, and well, it, he had no idea where he was. Exactly. And by the time he realized where he was, he yeah. realized, you yeah, know, he, he was, it was he a was, break in yeah. concentration, but yeah. He, he yeah. definitely didn't have his his A game, that's for sure. Uh, Jim, I wouldn't call that a break in concentration because he was looking to see if the quarterback had delivered the ball yet because he had no idea his back had been to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. It was just really bad timing, you know, uh, because the receiver broke at the exact same time he looked, and ordinarily that's you know one of the odds of that happening, but True. it happened, and it was just a bad it was bad luck on that particular play, uh, you know, and and that happens, you know, cornerback's not easy, so. Didn't they have Howard shadowing Cooper all over the field? Because I swear yes, I saw him on yeah. both sides of the field. Yep. Yes. And maybe that doesn't play to X Man's strength. I mean, and going into next week's game, maybe they, they change that philosophy a little bit because I'll tell you what, you know, he got smoked for two touchdowns. And when he was on that left side instead of his normal side, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know if they call him a left corner or a right corner. I, th- I believe he's our left corner, right? I mean, it, it, it's just a matter of how you look at it. Right. I mean, if you're if you're a quarterback, he's usually on the right side. Correct. You know, as a if you're looking at it from a quarterback's uh, view. Now, he was lined up on the left side a lot. And Cooper, regardless of where he was lined up, just – he just killed him. He beat him all day long. And if they go into this game against San Diego with that same, uh, you know, that same philosophy to where they're going to have him trailing Allen all over the place, I think they're going to have issues once again. So, I mean, they know what's best for the team more so than we do. But of course, it didn't seem to work last week. And if it doesn't play to his strengths, maybe it's something that they've got to change up and just roll the dice with Roe playing him if Allen lines up on that side because uh, uh, he he just failed horribly last week. Allen Allen will take uh, Roe's lunch money all the whole game if that happens. Well, so. you you probably will double double cover him. Yeah. You would have to. You'd have yeah. to send coverage over to him. And Mike yeah. Williams is no slouch either on the opposite side. So they're going to have their hands full there. Um, but. Uh, we got a little bit sidetracked here. Are we off the whole Rosen situation now? I mean, I think um, we said um, enough. Unless about you got something to say, I'm I'm over it. You know, I I just wanted to stress to people to relax. That's all. Exactly. I mean, we got a long way to go, and you know, it's yep. it's so hard. And we've talked about this before. Uh, before we move on, is that with the team around him, it just makes it so difficult to evaluate him at, at, a, at a level you want to evaluate him at. You would, you would hope that at some point the offensive line is, is it, it's doing their job to some extent to where we see we give him an opportunity to well, throw the, the ball. That's you know? just it. When the team is as bad as it is around him on offense, it's less plays you have where you can evaluate him because yes. when there's a play that obviously isn't his fault, you can't grade him. Exactly, right. And, and you know, to 
you know, to to Jim's point, he did put the ball in Williams's hand in the in the one end zone, and he put the ball right in Parker's hand. He read the defense perfectly, read the right guy, hit him right across the middle, yep. and he dropped the ball. So, you know, we we are looking at those plays as positives. That is a and positive play. Absolutely. Those are positive plays. I mean, you know, we're looking at it as a negative as a whole, but. From the quarterback's position, we're looking that we're looking at those plays as positives. What we're looking at, Jim, are the are the negatives that he made in the game. So, you know, and you know, some of that has to do with the offensive line play as well, and some of it is on him. You know, so we can't get caught in a situation where we're we're making excuses for this guy. And I know that's not what you were doing. You were just trying to make a point to the people listening, a counterpoint as to, you know, what we're talking about here. So anyway. Yeah, I mean, you, you can debate quarterback play for weeks and not have an answer. It just what we need right now is to watch him at least four or five more games before we're going to have any idea uh, what we can expect from him the rest of the season. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, Jim, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, not a whole lot other than uh, Dolphins fans need to try to stay positive and, and look for growth of the team and, and uh, you know, building that. Oh, they're looking. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I don't know how much growth we're going to see this year as far as the whole team, but growth of position players that are going to be here moving forward, things like that. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. And, you know, building the culture of the team and a lot, a lot of the things that the coaching staff is doing is is building that this base is, up. Jim, this is preseason. Exactly. That's what this is. This, this is preseason. Yep. They're not worried about culture as much as you might think. What they're worried about is getting these players an evaluation because most of them are not going to be here. Well, yes, yes, Mike, you're right, but... You still got to build it up now. You're still right. You have to. I mean, listen, they're, they're, they they are putting a culture into place because if you watch them from week one to last week... Penalty-wise, they're playing much better. On the defensive side of the football, you're not seeing guys getting beat, I mean, just mercifully up and down the field as far as them running, as far as them – Well, I I think their their communication has gotten better. Well, that's that's part of the growth, and you have to – you have to have these guys playing disciplined football, you know, in regard to penalties and regard and in regard to being in position to make plays, being in regard, you know, in regard to blocking defensive players that are blitzing. I mean, I felt that the offensive line for the most part, especially early in that game, when Dallas was sending blitzes, they were there picking was more, there was more cohesion. Yes. They, right. They yeah. were picking them up. You didn't have guys blowing through and just annihilating Rosen. He had the opportunity to make plays and get the ball out of his hands. And that, that that's what I think Jim is talking about is where they're saying, listen, this is what we're going to do. This is what we have to do. Whether you're here or not, this is what we're going to do as a team. And if you guys don't do it, to your point, Mike, then you're not going to be here. So, you know, you have to set that, you know, that foundation down and what they're trying to do. And I understand what you're saying that, yes, this is preseason, it's auditions, but but this this is, you know, this is everybody's job on the line. And whoever, of course. And whoever is going to do it 
is going to be here. But at the same token, you know, the players have to understand that the coaching staff is saying, hey, we're not going to make mental mistakes and we're not going to do the things that lose you football games. We have to, you know, we, we have to stay focused on that point. So, you know, it, it, it's been a big improvement so far. And I think going forward, we're going to see even more of that because I think their penalties are way down. Correct from from week one and even last year, I you know I think over the last couple I think of they're, weeks they're, they're playing more disciplined. If you discount the drops and the fumbles, right? I mean, even across the line last week, I didn't see an awful lot of uh, you know situations. You're not getting a lot were, of offsides or you know uh, uh, false starts, holding you know, that type false of stuff. starts. Yeah, the, absolutely. The no the no brain stuff is, is and we're not guessing good. snap counts on defense. You know the guys are playing pretty disciplined. I think uh, as far as uh, uh, self control, yeah. so it's good to see. But you know, there's there's a lot left to to be seen. So all right, so we've gone ahead and uh, talked a little bit about the Chargers, and we talked a little bit about Josh Rosen. Uh, Monday after the game, Lewis and I will be back to give you our thoughts on the game itself. I appreciate you listening, and uh, fins up. Fins up. Fins up. Let's go, Dolphins. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 